What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode two of the Box Score Boomers podcast. Aiden here with Reese. Hey, guys. How you guys doing? Hopefully, everybody's doing all right on this fine Tuesday night in uh, you know November. Nice, nice night tonight here in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, but um, yeah, we got we got a lot of stuff to talk about. You know, we had a lot of college football things go on this weekend. A lot of upsets. Um, college basketball started tonight. Uh, Reese and I just got back from from games. Um, a weekend of NFL football. Got more basketball going on. No baseball really. I mean, we could kind of you know touch on some of the free agency talks but um yeah a lot of things to to touch on here this is a really an exciting time in sports to be honest um but yeah um what what's uh what what's most interesting to you uh from this weekend Reese? Uh, i think the most interesting honestly had to be uh college football we had yeah. a lot of upsets this weekend and a uh, lot of stuff like before, our predictions before some we of them about looked that. really good yeah, no. Before we even thought about that, we had to uh, have a good props to you. You made some uh, great predictions this week, and, and I was uh, very surprised by some of them. But you know, they went your way, so yeah, props to you. Especially I told you, that, man. That's I told you North Carolina was going to do it. I told especially you in the North Carolina it. one. The North Carolina one. I knew. I knew Wake Forest was not it. I was saying it the whole time. I knew Wake Forest was not it. And 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 North Carolina proved me right. I, I just I didn't I didn't expect uh, Wake Forest's uh, Russian defense to be that bad. But oh whatever. yeah, no, it was um it was quite it was quite poor. It was it was bad. Yeah, it was it was quite poor. But I think that was I think that was the main one I got. Um, but yeah, I mean no, but we also had some really bad predictions, especially. For oh yeah, no, we Rutgers. had we we both um. We both had our um, had our Rutgers pick. No, nope. that's better out of Scarlet Knights, but you can't get anything you want. Let me let me look. Let me pull up the Week Ten scores here. Let's see. So let let's run down the games that we predicted and see how we did. So Georgia, that's that one was fair. That was an easy prediction. Alabama was a close one. We we barely got that one. And we um, we were we were very confident, Alabama. We were all yeah, this is Alabama's gonna you know, kind of. Run away yeah, with it. I mean, twenty to fourteen. It was. I um, mean, I read some stat. It was Alabama had like sixty-one rushing yards, or it might have been less than that. Alabama does not really run the ball very well. Well, they had very uh, like a small amount of rushing yards. Man, props to Purdue. Honestly, Purdue went and did the unthinkable, and now there was officiating issues, and the Big Ten acknowledged it. But I mean, you can't. I have stats here. Uh, Purdue's quarterback Aiden O'Connell threw the ball. 54 times in Yeah, 536 yards. yards. 536 yards is 30 touchdowns. I mean, and the, the receiver, Demetrius Bell, I hope I'm saying that name right, 11 receptions for 217 yards. Wait, is it – this is David Bell for me. I, I, have, I might have put the wrong name for some reason. I might have gotten Demetrius Bell somewhere. Interesting. Well, you know, well, Bell, either way. Well, well, if his name's not Demetrius, we're still going to call him Demetrius. All right, well, Bell, you know, we can have my last name. Bell, you know. Oh yeah, no, he's been he he was he was very good. Two hundred seventeen yards. Oh my gosh. Um, Oregon and Washington. We didn't really care about that one, but we did predict that one right. Um, Ohio State and Nebraska. That know, was, was a close one. You know, Nebraska it was a close for a while. Nebraska likes to play Ohio State tough, 
Yeah. Especially in Ohio Stadium. And I don't understand it, but it, it seems to do it. And then, and then Nebraska, after that game, went ahead and said that they were going to um, – that Scott Frost is their guy. So, uh, C.J. Stroud continues to be incredible. Um, that's, that's the main bright spot on Ohio State's team right now. He is just insanely good. Um, I mean, Ohio State, um, they're kind of shaky with their quarterbacks. You know, you know, Dwayne Haskins hasn't, you know, worked out all too well. I think nobody was really saying Haskins was going to be amazing. So no, I, mean, I wouldn't really I mean, say he is as bad of a bust as some people may say, because nobody really had incredibly high expectations. But, for I mean, what, what Ohio State quarterbacks have really been amazing in the NFL? I mean, um, I mean, Fields have been probably the most successful. When we, uh, what's JT Barrett never really – JT Barrett was like a, a backup in New Orleans, and uh, or maybe Cardell Jones. Cardell Jones uh, like had a couple good games, but that's he it. played in uh, what San Diego, Los Angeles. Yeah, he played for the Chargers, and he also played for the Bills, if I'm not mistaken. But um, yeah, I think you're right there. I didn't even realize how how the, how Ohio State's quarterbacks don't really work out. Braxton Miller became a receiver. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Yeah. That's a tough one. Hopefully Justin Fields breaks that curse. But anyway, um, Cincinnati beating Tulsa by eight points. I, dude, it, it's coming. Cincinnati's losing somewhere. I, 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 it's I think personally SMU. it could be SMU. I think it's going to be SMU. SMU has a great team. And Tanner Mordecai is disgusting. That dude well, really I just think good. Cincinnati's been so, uh, so uh, shaky past couple of weeks. It's like hard to put trust in them. And SMU, I honestly think it's their defense. SMU is a great team. And I'm, you know, I'm going to hype on, I'm going mean, to not hype, I'm going to hop on the Pony Express and I'm going to travel with SMU. And yeah. I think SMU is going to be the team that opposite. I wish SMU didn't have those tough losses. Cause honestly, I feel like if they had like beat Houston and who did they lose to this weekend? I, I forget. I forgot how they lost it. This they weekend. lost to somebody, but they also lost to Houston. If they didn't lose those games, they they could have been up where Cincinnati is. Well, the Houston one, you know, the Houston one, I was just that was unfortunate. And uh-huh. Houston's Houston's not a bad team, so no, Houston's a great team. Houston's Houston's, I think, <laughs> second best team in the conference. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I think they have to be. Um, but yeah, Cincinnati. We need. We probably should be a little bit more careful with our Cincinnati picks. Just, just think a little harder on these. Um, Michigan beating Indiana. That one's not really crazy. They won by twenty-two. Nobody really thought Indiana was going to win. So, oh, not with the way Indiana's been this year. Yeah. Um, we already talked about North Carolina beating Wake Forest. Well, um, oh, oh, interesting fact on that game. Did you know that game was actually a non-conference game? Who? Wake Forest and North Carolina. Non-conference. They're both in the ACC. Yeah, but so they agreed to this thing where they played two games that count as non-conference. That's really weird. I know. That's uh, very odd. And they played the first one, I think, in – yeah, the first one in 2019, and the Wake Forest won it, and then now they're playing – this is the second of the two. You know what I realized with Wake Forest um, this weekend is that – they have a terrible defense. Their defense is terrible. I mean, they let Army score 56. They just let UNC drop 58. And I think the um, fact that it's taken us so long now to realize that when it should have been obvious earlier. I the read their entire schedule last week, and I didn't realize everybody was putting up 30-plus except for, like, the really bad teams. Like, I didn't I didn't understand. Like, I mean, I guess... they, they let Sam Howell rush 104 yards on them. And, you know, 
North Carolina's uh, running back Ty Chandler had 213 yards. Uh, Sam Howell looked okay. Uh, Sam Hartman threw the ball 51 times. He he had a below 50% completion percentage. Sam Sam Hartman was trying to carry the team, and he just couldn't do it. Like I think that's you know he's the bright spot of Wake Forest. That's it, yeah. And yeah, he's you know, had to do everything to, for them to be successful. You know, everybody, everybody kind of, you know, not everybody. I can't speak for everybody, but a lot of people talk bad about North Carolina and, you know, how they've fallen off since last year. And I didn't realize they've lost both of their star running backs. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think North Carolina is a, was a bit overrated coming into the season. But you still got to remember, they still have a really good quarterback. Yeah. And they're people like to say – They're placing two caliber, you know – yeah. running backs and their defense isn't bad i mean you know you got storm duck at linebacker i think he was pretty good last year uh yeah is it chas or rot chester is he still there still, i don't i think he might be he might be in the, might NFL be now. In the league Let me he see. might be in the film now but he he yeah he's on the vikings he was drafted this year but i mean still i think their defense is a very good defense and matt brown's a good coach <sighs> Yeah, yeah I, I mean, Mac Brown's one of the best coaches. I think this. I think this one really helps. You know, helps. You know, kind of put North Carolina back onto the map. Yeah, not fully, sure. but you know, it helps them out. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to say. Yeah, a win over Wake Forest is. Yeah, but I don't know. I think this was just a wake up call for everybody that said Wake Forest should be a top ten team. That Wake Forest is just not a top ten team. I mean, and Wake Forest has to play NC State next and Clemson, and those those could very well be two very. They good could teams. drop those games. Yeah. Very tough. Um, the next game, Notre Dame and Navy. I'm not. We don't really have to talk about that one. We don't. Jack, Jack Cohn was good. That's cool. That's it. Against um, Navy. Uh, Oklahoma State beating West Virginia, twenty-four to three. Uh, did you pick West Virginia? I, I want to say I did pick West Virginia, and I, I it was either I. Did I don't know I, if you did or not, but I, I, I either did. I said it was really tough to win in Morgantown, and and I watched a little bit of that game to start, and and. West Virginia looked like they were going to put up a fight. Obviously, that's not how it turned out. But, I mean, 24-3 is not a terrible score. Considering West Virginia isn't one of the better teams in the Big 12. Yeah, yeah, down to 4-5. and five. Let's see. Um, TCU beat Baylor. That's a very good very good win for TCU, especially since Gary Patterson's gone. Since 2000. That's, in 21 years, Gary Patterson's finally on. Man. And TCU, I really hope TCU gets gets back on the map, man. I I really do like TCU. I, I do like TCU too. TCU, I mean TCU's quarterback Chandler Morris, um, he's nine really for forty one with four hundred sixty one yards, two touchdowns. I mean, well, and the crazy thing is, uh, TCU didn't have their star running back. I don't, um, I can't think of his name. He was really touted coming out of uh, high school. Uh, he didn't play, and I think he. Might be having issues with the team. I think he transferred or something. Yeah. You wouldn't know who I'm talking about if I bought up the name. Because he's, I think he's really well known. I think it's like I, actually- uh, hold on. Let me. I, I, I am. I am actually interested now. I'm going to look up TCU's football roster just to. I want to say his last um, name is Moss or something. Let me. Um, Zach Moss might be the name. We've got no. It's not that guy. Uh, Zach Evans. Zach Evans. That's what it is. Zach Evans. Yeah. Uh, he's really good. Yeah, for sure. I don't think – I think he's transferring, so. Um, Next game, uh, Texas A&M beating Auburn 20-3. to 
Was it did turn out twenty three? Yeah, it was twenty to three. I yeah, had A and M. A and M's really good. I, mean, I had Auburn. That's another yeah. One people people write off A and M. A and M's really good. I had a bad um, week of predictions. There's no wonder they they beat Alabama. Like, and it, I will. I mean, I would. Yeah, Calzada is not the best, but but I mean, I mean, a Texas A and M team in Kyle Field. Nah, I'm, I should have taken Texas. I mean, Texas A and M. I think I said this last last episode. They had so much star power on that team. You like, did, yeah. You did mention that last episode. It's crazy. Like Demarvin Leal is a top ten, top ten guy on Mel Mel Kiper's big board. Um, Isaiah Spiller is arguably the best running back in this year's class. Like, I mean, they they've got some dogs on that team. Um, what's his name? Uh, Kenyon Green. I believe is his name, offensive lineman. He's a you know versatile guy. Can play guard. Can play tackle. Um, yeah, he's he's a projected first rounder. So well, Tennis, know, Texas A&M has a lot of star power on that. Well, team. now I know not to put trust into Bo Nix. I look, Bo Nix is a very good player. I really like Bo Nix, but I just I didn't think he stood a chance against A&M's defense. And obviously, he didn't because they scored three points. Well, you also got to put in the fact there. It's Kyle Field. That's a that's one of the biggest things in college football, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Kyle Field we've is already, we already seen we already seen what happened to Alabama when they came into Kyle Field. And yeah. I should have taken that into account. I and I didn't and you know, they held Auburn to three points. That's oh. some good stuff. Right, there you go. Um BYU beating Idaho State fifty nine fourteen. We don't really have anything to say about that to be honest. <laughs> um I mean Idaho State is one and eight, so I mean BYU. Yeah, that's cool. BYU should win by that much. Um, this one's tough. I picked Liberty. Ole Miss beats Liberty twenty-seven to fourteen. Um, Liberty was not that much worse of a team, but I think um, Malik Willis kind of played a little. I've read a little about it, and they said that his inconsistencies were showing. Oh, well, yeah, no, Malik Willis was not good. He was sixteen for twenty-five, set one hundred seventy-three yards. He did not throw a touchdown, and he threw three interceptions. Oh. So, Malik Willis was not great in that game by any means. Um, I do think Matt Corral, personally, I do think Matt Corral is a better player. Um, I, I mean, I also um, – I mean, will, I, I believe that Matt Corral might be the best quarterback prospect. I, I will also say that I I, um, I do believe that um, Sam Howell is also better, but that's just my opinion. I think um, Malik, the problem of Malik Willis is he, he's not playing the you know, teams that Matt Crow's playing on a daily basis, or even or even Sam Howell. Yeah, I mean it's 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 kind of hard. It's like I don't want to be that guy and use oh well he's not playing these, but you know taking account you know Malik Willis is playing not that great of competition compared to Corral who's playing the SEC or Howell's playing the ACC, and the ACC is not great, but. So okay, here here's a good one. Um, Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter? It's it's kind of hard to pick because Malik Willis had a bad game, but yes, I was against a top twenty five team and one of the better teams in the SEC. But I also think Ritter is also capable of putting up a stinker like I that think, against a good team. Well, well, and here's the thing: Ritter's worst game came against Navy. Yeah, and it's like, hmm, I, 
And now I want to see I want to see Ritter against SMU before I make this uh, pick because I want to see how uh, he does against better competition, a competition that finally and and Ritter played good in the Notre Dame game um, when they played Notre Dame. I'm pretty sure he was pretty good. So it, it's it's kind of like I want to see. I, I think I think Ole Miss is better than Notre Dame. I don't oh know yeah, you, I think Notre yeah. Dame. Is, no, yeah, I think for Ole sure. Miss is better. So I want to see. I want to see. Now, either I want to see Ritter against. I also want to see him against SMU. I want to see he does. Considering he's been a little shaky the past couple of weeks, so I want to see him against Ole Miss. I'm not Ole Miss. I want to see him against SMU before I make that uh, that pick. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I agree with that. Um, let me see. Let me see where we're at. Okay, Arkansas beats Mississippi State by three. We both had Mississippi State. I'm a little surprised by this one because I said in the last podcast, I said, I, I picked up Mississippi State because I said Arkansas is beat up. But uh, props to them. Props to them. I, I um, you know, I, yeah. I didn't think Arkansas was a bad team. I didn't think, I still think Arkansas was a good team, but I just think they, you, you saw the schedule they just played. The last couple of games they've been playing, Georgia was on that, you know. Uh, you know, I, it was kind of like, I think Arkansas is so beat up. I just can't see them beating Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. I, I Mississippi State. Don't get me wrong. Mississippi State is very good, and it's just it's really unfortunate that they have four losses because they're actually a really really good team. Yeah, and Will Rogers is a great quarterback. Yeah, Will Rogers is great, but uh, I don't know. Arkansas, Arkansas stole it from them. I mean, Arkansas beat A and M. So yeah, I mean, Arkansas is a great. Like I said, Arkansas is a great team. I just I just at that point in time, I thought hey, Arkansas has played you know Georgia. And they played this really tough schedule in the past couple of games. Arkansas like, has not played Bama yet. I'll be interested in that. They played Bama, I think, in two weeks or a week. I think so. So, because I, I, I don't think it's no, because Alabama plays like New Mexico or something this week. So yeah, yeah, they do. Um, let's see. Next game, Tennessee beats Kentucky. You picked Tennessee. I'm pretty sure. And I, I, I did. Start. I think Tennessee is a much better team than Kentucky. I, you know, I put I, I like I like Will Ellis. And was that in Kentucky or was it in Tennessee? It was in Kentucky. Yeah, I see. I just kind of had the hope, and you know, Tennessee is a great team. Tennessee is a good team, and Hinder Hooker is a great co- a quarterback. We said that. Oh last yeah, week. I'll get to that. We said that last podcast that Hinder Hooker is a good quarterback, but I don't, I just I really love Will Levis, and I thought that Kentucky was the better team. Oh yeah, um, yeah, guys, you can you can ask Reese. I am extremely high on Hinder Hooker. Like Big I talk about him all the time. He is. So good. Hendon Hooker is somebody that people really need to watch out for. He's a senior, and n- nobody's talking about him really at all. And I, I've noticed that, and, and it, it, it really honestly upsets me because the dude has been so incredibly good. And Tennessee's, like, like his supporting cast is, like, not anything crazy. Um but he's putting up fights against good teams, and he just beat a pretty good Kentucky team. And they do play Georgia this weekend, so maybe that's a, a little heat check. I but think I know. having Josh Schupel, and I think he was a great, uh, great QB coach. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because he was sure. a he was a QB coach when uh, for USCF when uh, Milton was a starter, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you look at Milton, and, and in my opinion, Milton should be started at Florida State. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think Miller should be Jordan, Jordan like, Travis, You saw Jordan him against North, uh, Notre Dame. He looked great. But I want to ask you the question. How much different do you think Tennessee's season would have been if, say, Joe Millen started? 
very different. Hendon Hooker you th- you is think, very, You very think good. Tennessee would be significantly worse? I think Tennessee would be worse, yes. I think Joe Milton – and we saw Joe Milton in the Ole Miss game, and he made a very bad decision at the end. I mean, it, but I will also counter that and say that on the last play, at like the second to last play of the game, he threw a very pretty ball that would, could have been caught. It could have been caught, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, like it's it's tough, but I mean, I, you know, I do gonna, think Hendon Hooker is one hundred percent better than. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you're gonna base it off Milton's last season, Milton was terrible in the Big Ten for Michigan, and so coming into yeah. the SEC, which is the best Power Five conference, you, you hear me say it first, guys, the best Power Five conference. Um, it's the best conference, period. Yeah. Oh, yeah, best conference, period. When I say best Power 5 conference, it means a better all-improved 5 yeah. conference. Um, but the SEC, coming to the SEC, you know, playing the East, the East is as good as the West, but the East still has great teams. You got Georgia, you got uh, Kentucky. You know, Tennessee's a good team, but he plays for Tennessee, so you can't really say that. But Georgia and uh, Kentucky, and Florida's usually good. Florida's on the bad side this year. It's going to be interesting to Florida see how Florida doesn't really – I know my, my Gamecocks really beat up on them, but Florida really does not have bad losses. Like, they're 4-5, and five, but they're not 4-5. and five I think paper. Florida has QB issues. I think, okay, Emory Jones has not been great, but he's also – he also doesn't really have everything that he needs. Like, well, it's a thing Florida's like, carried by their defense. Well, the thing was, people called for Anthony Richardson, I think, to back up, and, and he came in and – I think Florida once again didn't play that great, and so then Emory Jones started the South Carolina game, and and I don't know to you that was just unexpected. Well, I mean, also, um, you know, I'm not going to discredit my guys. You know, we 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 played very well, but um, a Florida had a lot of guys out with the flu. Yeah, and that, that's how. But I mean, but it's kind of hard to expect when you know, South Carolina started uh, transfer QB making his first FPS career start. And no, South Carolina's. I mean, South Carolina has great running backs. They have a cool. They have a great wide receiver. And um, what's his name? You would know. Oh, uh, Josh Van. Yeah, great. Well, Josh great Van, Jaheim Bell. Um, yeah, yeah, they have great, great weapons, and I think that really helped with Jason. I think that really helped Jason Brown out having good weapons. And oh, um, Jason, Jason Brown killed it. There's no. I don't want to hear anybody try to discredit that man. That dude was good. And, and props to South Carolina. I hate Florida. So, and I mean, I hate South Carolina, but props to South Carolina. You know, yeah. I'd rather have a South Carolina team that's mildly decent playing uh, average Clemson team this year than, you know, two really bad teams playing it. So, yeah. Um, I mean, the South Carolina Clemson game, it's not going to be a primetime game because there's nothing really at stake. But, but I think that I think that could be, if you look at it, I think that could really be a good game in a way. It's going I to think, be a very good game, yes. I think I think at that point in time, I think both offenses are just going to bloom for some reason. I think both offenses are just going to bloom that game, and you're going to have a high score in shootout. Yeah. I think, I think you know it's going to be like? I think it's going to be like the, um, was it 2018 or, or 17 when it was, when, uh, Clemson scored 56, and I think you guys put up 35. Yeah, it was one of those years. I think, I I think mean, it's going to be something like that, but a little bit closer. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, both defenses are actually not that bad. So, I don't know. I, I, personally, I think it'll be like a like a 20-17 to 17 game. Like, I think that's probably what it'll be. But um, I, I, just think, I think it has the capabilities of being a really high-scoring game. Because – Here's the thing. Let me. I, I actually. I, I just. I just looked at this. Um, 
South Carolina and Clemson both have top de- defenses. No, oh, they both have top 75 defenses. Uh, yeah, like I see Clemson at 28 and South Carolina at 38. So, oh, so like, top 50. Yeah. Yeah, they both have top 50 defenses. So I, I personally think, and both offenses, let's be real, are not. Not not very good. So and, and the thing is, it's both offenses have the talent to be good. It's it's for Clemson, I believe it's play calling. I think it's Tony Elliott. It's really not helping. I, I really don't think he's helping. And I get people make this assumption. Well, you know, Tony Elliott's been the offensive corner for this many years and it's worked. Well, you know, people figure out stuff real easily. And when you're running screen passes on first downs and third downs on third and nine, third and eight. It's not going to help, you know, especially when your receivers aren't blocking. And yeah. I think it's, well, really, it's really cool. Clemson. And there's there's another thing. I'm not going to, you know, talk trash and, you know, we'll get through this Clemson Carolina stuff so that nobody's like, oh, you guys are biased. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think for Clemson, the big thing is um, – and, and it's not a sh- – I'm not going to sit here and take shots and talk trash, whatever. Um, it's just the reality. Um, Clemson was very good – when they had generational quarterbacks and when they didn't, they were average to slightly above average. And that's not a shot. It's just kind of the way it's been. And I think, I think, you know, I think with Clemson also doesn't help, you know, you're placing arguably, if not better than Spiller, with Spiller as the best running back in Clemson history in ETN. And, and we saw last year, we know that ETN was a bigger part than Trevor Lawrence. It, it's arguable. It's, it's definitely arguable. I but, believe that ETN was a, a more. But of a you could also than... say that Trevor Lawrence is such a massive upgrade over DJ. So, and it's kind of like you know you can look at it now. I, I want to see DJ. Also, you know, this is DJ Fisher. I I don't want to pull the I don't want to pull the alarm and say, hey, you know, this quarterback's terrible because it's too early. I think it's too early though. Yeah, it's his first year starting. I I think DJ could be a good quarterback. He's shown flashes of being good, and it's not me being biased. He's shown flashes of being good. I, I believe he could be good. It's just, you know, it doesn't help when the offensive line hasn't been the greatest. And we have to – Clemson dealt with – I want his case to be – Clemson dealt with so many injuries, and it just doesn't help, you know, when all your receiver targets are getting hurt. And it's just – it's not a good – it's just not helping Clemson. And I think – I believe Clemson's a better team than what this season shows. Well, you know, I, DJ, I've heard, is also not a great leader. And I, I, I've, I've heard that, too. It's, it, that. It, it, it's, you know, it really, a lot of it, like, uh, it's kind of a stereotype. Like, a lot of the West Coast California guys can can sometimes be, you know, a little bit ahead of themselves. And, and you know, it's whatever. But, I mean, it's very, like, it, it – it, it was very like Clemson's very close to being like a like a four and five team with the like how close they've played some of these games. If they and, did, I think if they did have the defense they had, we're talking that's a four or five team. Four and five, or even like like three and six. Like they, it's they the defense, the defense has really been a big factor for Clemson. Yeah, and, and their offense and, has just been tough. But. And I think the problem QB is you no, know, like you said, DJ. I've heard DJ has leader issues, and it's like you know, Philip John's. The guys like that are gonna look at him. He's a better leader, but talent wise, Fumujan isn't that better. And so, what does Clemson got at that point? Because Clemson, uh, I don't know if you know, but Dabo, he doesn't want to take. He won't take transfers. So he's, yeah. you know, 
get all these good scholarships, but then he's offering he's buddies, you know. And no offense to South Carolina high school players, but you know these these high school players from South Carolina, they're not they're not the talent of players coming from you know the West Coast, or California, or California, Texas, Texas, or Nevada. Like. They know these schools, and it's like behind Fumjohn, it's it's Hunter Helms, and no hate against Hunter Helms, no hate against Hunter Helms, but you know when you got a highly touted recruit, you know it's a five star. He's he, he was touted as one of the best quarterbacks in his recruiting class. I think the best quarterback on the screen is active, if I'm not wrong. Um, and he's underperforming. And, you know, your next option is this, I think, he's a three- or four-star uh, from Connecticut, which isn't that big of a high school, like that high football-producing state. And the backup after that is a guy from South Carolina, uh, from a high school in South Carolina. It doesn't show that promise. And I, I very well think that when uh, – Cade, I'm going to say his name wrong, probably. Cade Klumanik, or Klumanak. How do you say his last name? I could be saying it wrong. It could be Klumanak or something like that. How do you say his last name? I very well think he'd come in next year and take DJ spot. If DJ continues to play the way he does, I very well easily see him coming in and taking this spot. All right, let's see here. Um, rest of the slate here. I'm going to brush over it pretty quickly as we, we got to move on. But um, NC State beat Florida State. You know, we both predicted that. Um, Illinois beat Minnesota. That one was crazy. Um, that can upset for Illinois. Yeah, Illinois. Illinois is doing it, man. We already talked about Wisconsin Rutgers. I, I, don't, I don't think Wisconsin's that great, but I guess Rutgers really isn't good. Um, Iowa beat Northwestern by five. That Iowa Iowa's just not it, man. Um Boise State beat Fresno State. I know Fresno State's like a team we talk about a lot, um, but um, Boise State killed them, and it was it was shocking. Um, San Diego State beats Hawaii by seven, and Pittsburgh beats Duke by twenty five. That's what we got there. Nothing too surprising at the bottom, other than Boise State beating Fresno State and Illinois beating Minnesota. Um, other than that, I feel like it was, you know. Pretty standard, but yeah. Um, let's let's talk about the NFL. I realize we didn't talk about the NFL at all um, last episode. Um, the NFL is um, it's it's very very interesting this year. It's a, like sports. I've realized this this year, just in twenty twenty one in general, they've just been so crazy. I mean, the it's Braves win the World Series. It's been um, different. College football looks so different. Um, the NFL. A lot of crazy things going on. We'll get NBA to that. NBA is crazy. I mean, Ben Simmons is a psychopath. But mm-hmm. um, let's just let's just brush over some some big some big things here while looking at the uh, at the standings. Uh, we saw that the Bengals were the best team in the AFC uh, a week or two ago. They are now at the bottom of their division. Wow, they are five and four. Um, that's I honestly, I did not even know that. That's kind that of surprising. Is, that's crazy. The Tennessee Titans are seven and two. One of those losses being to my Jets. That's nuts. That's you know, it's also very surprising, especially since what Derrick Henry's out for the year. Derrick Henry is out for the year. They just signed Adrian Peterson. Um, I don't know how good he's going to be. Like I can, literally can't make a prediction about Adrian Peterson because I don't know where he is physically. I um, I don't know where he is. I, I don't know. I I cannot make a prediction on that. Yeah. Um. 
The Chargers and Raiders are tied for the lead in the AFC West, followed by the Chiefs and Broncos, who are just one game behind. So that's a very tight division. That division's always been tight, though. Um, it's usually well. It's usually been a three-team race, but the Chiefs have been so poor this year that it gives the Broncos competition. Yeah, and it's usually been the Chargers at the bottom, which is just crazy. But the the Chargers are going up there. The um the Get NFC East is so bad outside of the Cowboys. It's like kind of unbelievable. Well, like. No. Cowboys are six and two. You got the Eagles and Giants at three and six, and Washington at two and six. I mean, Washington has been so disappointed this year. And I mean, to be honest, we can't expect a lot out of their offense, and their defense has been so overrated this year. I love their defense on paper; it's great, but they have been underperforming. Just it's it's been bad. It's been it's been very very bad for the well, Washington football. football. Probably that also doesn't help. When you have you know allegations against your front office and man and ownership, it's like, yeah, it's very tough. It's very very tough. Heineke, I'm not, I'm not so sure about that. They got to move on at quarterback. Um, you know, you know, you know how much I love Heineke. I know you love Heineke, but you know the Heineke hype is fun, but. Let's face it, he's he's not he's not too great. Um Antonio Gibson at running back's nice. Obviously Terry McLaurin's top five receiver in my opinion. Gary Terry. Um, Terry's very good. They got Adam Humphreys, I believe. Adam Humphreys, um, the living dude that comes in. Yeah, no, they do have Adam Humphreys. Yeah, yeah. Curtis Samuel, uh, when he's healthy, is very good. Um they I think they just really gotta get a quarterback. I think Washington's missing a quarterback and they got to figure out their front office stuff. Um, NFC North is also bad outside of Green Bay. Seven and two, Green Bay Packers. Vikings three and five. Bears three and six. Lions zero oh and eight. The Lions might be the best zero oh and eight team in NFL history. They play games close, except for the Eagles and the the Bengals. But that's about it. You I mean think. like the Ravens game? The Ravens they they should have won that game. Just it took Justin Tucker kicking a, a sixty-six yard field goal to win that game. Well, and, and what they had clock issues in that game. Yeah, that should never gotten that kick that ball anyways. Yeah, they but played think, the Rams not too bad. I mean, it's the Lions might I think be the best team. Ever. I think personally, happened the game that happened like that happened to the Lions is the best thing that happened to them because you know at this point the Lions have to be saving themselves. Personal Yeah, and taking Kayvon Thibodeau or somebody like that. I mean, because I think I think Goff's not bad. I don't. I, I don't think they should use the first pick on the quarterback. No, no, no. Th- this class, I don't. I don't. I can almost promise you that you're not going to see a quarterback at number one. Um, the NFC South is okay. Buccaneers at six and two. Saints at five and three. Falcons four and four. That's surprising. Uh, Panthers are four and five. The Panthers, so. been, you know, Panthers started out great and had high hopes for them, but da- yeah. Darnold's been terrible lately. Darnold's been very bad. Darnold has been very, very bad. There's a clip of Robbie Anderson screaming at him. I, I feel really bad for him, honestly. And that's not just my Jets bias. Like, Sam Darnold is a great dude. Sam Darnold is one of the coolest dudes in the league. 
And I, I like Sam Donald. I, he I just doesn't really have the talent, and people take it out on him or his organization. So it's just, and he's been he he dealt with a tough fan base in New York, and then he he goes to Carolina, and you know Carolina has grown very passionate about their their Panthers, and they they're just they're he's not doing it for well, them. Here's and what I don't see. That's it. It's probably gonna be PJ Walker to start on, and I have no no problem no no problem PJ Walker. But for the for the, for the sake of it, sign Cam Newton. Sign him. Well, I think personally, the only way you sign Cam Newton, like if you're in like a, a Saints type situation where you are a good team and you can make the playoffs, you just need that quarterback. I well, think someone... the best teams for Cam, the best teams for Cam, honestly, honestly. I think the Saints are at the top, and I think following them would be the Steelers. Someone for so someone needs to sign Cam Newton. That's what I'd say. I think somebody needs to sign Cam. Um, I think he's. I think honestly, those are the only two suitors. I mean, Seattle. Seattle's three and five. I just don't really think they're going to sign. I yeah, I get yes, yes. You take Cam Newton, and you're going to have you know the accuracy issues. We get it. He's had. I don't think he will. I don't think I, he will. I, I, well, you know, I don't know why people. Uh, you know what? I'm sorry. I don't know why people talk about accuracy issues with Cam Newton. Cam Newton is a very, very good football player. What? I don't it's, know why it's, it's people, the, it's people the write him off. People write him off with the New England stuff. That was a terrible system for him. He did not fit that system at all. His number one receiver was Jacoby Myers. Julian Edelman was was not playing as hard out. He, Julian Edelman was not Julian Edelman. His number one receiver was Jacoby Myers. He didn't have a tight end. I think their tight end was Matt Lacoste um, because, obviously, they didn't have Hunter Henry or Johnny Smith. Their running game was subpar. It was not good. Um, Sony Michelle and James White, no, it's not going to work. Offensive line, great. But the offensive line doesn't really do anything if your receivers are not catching the ball. Um, exactly. I mean, I, I get what people say after these issues. He's had his – he's had shoulder surgery, right? and we get that. But, I mean – we're six years ago. We're talking. Cam Newton is the best player in the league. He was the best player in the league. Six he years was ago. by far the best player in the league. He won We're MVP, talking. and, and the players think, voted him number one. I don't think. I think Cam is a, a great leader. I think he's smart with the ball. He knows what to do. He's still a good runner. He's still workable. Like I, I think. I just. I can't find it. I can't find a way where he's not signed on a team, especially a team like New Orleans. Like all right. And no hate against James Winston, but I personally think Cam Newton would have been better for New Orleans than Winston. No, I, I, I mean, think, I just think Winston's so poor with his well, choice. I, what to okay. do with the ball? I, I will also counter that. Jameis Winston, I think his NFL career is—it's—it's. It, it's, he, the people say he's very, very like not good. I, I didn't word that very well, but he he came out he came out of Florida State and he went into a situation where yes, he did have weapons, but the coaching was not there. I understand he had Bruce Arians there last year and he threw thirty picks. That's going to happen when you force the ball to Mike Evans every time. Um, but he came into the league with dirt cutter. And that's not the coach that you want mentoring your your rookie quarterback. Um, Jameis Winston this season has actually been very, very good. 
he has been very good. Um, he is, you know, in seven games, um, 1,100 yards, 14 touchdowns, three picks, quarterback rating of 102.8. Um, it just – he's been very, very good, and it really sucks that he's out for the year because I think he could have been the guy for the rest of the year for the Saints. I really do. And I wrote the Saints off at the beginning of the year. Uh, but Jameis Winston with Sean Payton has been very, very good. And, and who's quarterback right now? Is it Taysom Hill? It is Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon. Tell me, how do the Saints look at Trevor Simeon and say, yeah, this is better than Cam Newton? Well, I, I don't think I, – I, I that's the thing. I don't think it's that simple. I think when you – okay, people don't look at this. I, I, I Look, Cam Newton's a very talented quarterback. I just went on a whole rant about how his talent needs to be on the team. But I do also understand that his personality can sometimes be a liability. I get, um, I get that. I, yes, I because see Because he, he has a big personality. I've heard sometimes he can be a little bit of a selfish player. Um and, and that that really showed when he um, like after the Super Bowl, like he he did not he he did not. I think that shows great qualities. You could point that out, and a lot of players are very selfish. I, I like, I don't know about you, and this is just me because I was a general fan, but I personally believe that you know Ramsey falling as a departure with Jacksonville was very selfish, and I don't. I just that's how I viewed it. Well, I don't that, know that, that happens with a lot of players, though. I think. I mean. But I just think you know, you know, Cam Newton's a guy who likes. He's the guy who likes to show himself out there. I mean, you saw, you saw how he dressed. He's, he's a, he's, you know, the way he dressed speaks for who he is. You don't have to sugarcoat it. Cam Newton's a weirdo. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to call him a weirdo because people have their own style, and I think that's him, Cam Newton's style. But I think that's just way him showing who he is. Yeah, yeah. No, don't get me wrong. I love Cam Newton and. You know, growing up in the Carolinas and not being a Panthers fan, I wasn't the biggest fan of Cam Newton when he was when he was in Carolina. But I've grown to really appreciate what he did. Like he was so so good. And it's not as simple as Trevor Simeon is not better than Cam Newton. It's how much of a sacrifice are they willing to make because they're gonna they're gonna have to pay him. Um, and well, to be I honest, I don't know where they are cap space wise because they did give Jameis Winston a hefty contract. Um, I don't know. That might be getting in the way. But well, we we can look at it this way: is we we don't know. I mean, the Saints could probably look at Simeon and say he fits our scheme better than you know, say Cam Newton fits our scheme, and that's why they go Simeon. You know, yeah. I think I think you get, I think there's a there's a, there's a team out there for Cam Newton. I just think he's just got to find a scheme that fits. I him, do think I do think the Saints would be a good fit for Cam because. You'd have Kamara out of the backfield. Um, Michael Thomas and Cam Newton, I think, would be a great combo. Um, I think I think that would be pretty cool. I think it'd be a lot of fun. But, I would love Cam Newton. And Cam Newton with an offensive line, I'm telling you. I would love Cam Newton with an I offensive think line. Oh, you had good. one last year with New England. Yeah, he had no weapons. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you know, then that, that means he doesn't have to scramble that much, and then that, that means – it's a less likely chance of he's going to hurt because he's not, you know, putting himself out there in the, in the field. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the NFC West is uh, it's a lot of fun. It's very top-heavy. 
Uh, the Seahawks and Niners at the bottom are three and five. They're just they're not they're not terrible, but they're not really built for the playoffs. Uh, Seattle's rocking with Geno, so yeah. Um, and you know you got the Cardinals and the Rams, who I think are. I mean, personally, I know the Cardinals beat the Rams. Head to head matchups in the NFL, you can't really look at those because. Well, you I mean, say, the, Jet, the Jets beat yeah. the Titans. You can so say the Jets like, are better than the Titans. No, nobody's saying the Jets yeah. are better than the Titans, obviously. Yeah. And, yeah. So, I think, oh, the Cardinals beat the Rams. You know, I can't – you can't really just look at that and, you know, they, they're they 8-1, and one, whatever. The Rams just got Von Miller. And they – I think they have the most dominant defense in the league now. I think just the Rams that. have the best roster in the league. Because when you look at it, Aaron Donald has to be double teamed to be stopped, and he gets through double teams. Um, and I mean, right now, I think Aaron Donald's the best player in the NFL. I don't know about you. I think he is. Best, um, best player. Best player, yeah. Ooh, with the way Mahomes has been playing, yes. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, from the way Mahomes has been playing, then yeah, probably. Um, Aaron, Aaron Donald's just so dominant, and then you have that double team, and you have that that assignment that, that you, you that he's that nightmare that you're just like thinking about. You're like, how are we going to stop Aaron Donald tomorrow? And then you put Von Miller next to him. No, Von Miller is not the guy that he used to be, but Von Miller is still an elite pass. He's still good. He's still a great linebacker. Sorry for the the train in the background. I live in Columbia, but um, just the Rams defense is so good. When you have Aaron Donald, Von Miller and Jalen Ramsey all on the same team, well, I think, you know, the thing with Bob Miller is, you know, he's coming from a Broncos defense where he wasn't, you know, seen as the star guy anymore. That, that but doesn't is mean arguable. he wasn't good. Doesn't mean he still wasn't good. It also, it's also because he, he also just wasn't really doing Von Miller things like he used to. Like, I don't know. And everybody liked to look at Justin Simmons. So, a yeah. lot of, I mean, a lot of people haven't really, like, Talked about Von Miller a lot in, in years past, but Von Miller with Aaron Donald is going to be elite. I, my my take, the reason I brought up the Cardinals is, I do think the Rams are a better team than the Cardinals now, and that's not a shot at the Cardinals. The Cardinals are very good. I think the Rams are just better than the Cardinals. I think they'll probably take over the division lead at some point. Um, I don't know how their next head-to-head matchup is going to go, but that's good. Um, man, Cardinals are five and zero on the road. Dang. Um, but yeah, that's gonna be. I think, gonna be very I think interesting. you know, if you know, D Hop. I don't know when D Hop comes back, and I don't know when Kyler comes back. But I think Kyler comes back next week. But I mean, if you know, if they keep having injury troubles like that, you know, it, it's very easily that the Rams could take over because, because, no offense to Colt McCoy, he played the Forty Niners. Yeah, week. I was about to ask who did the. Um... Cardinals play, and I mean it's it's good to to sneak out sneak out a win with Colt McCoy. Oh, and and McCoy played great. It was like twenty two for twenty six, and you know, yeah, that's what you were talking about. Back quarterback. Great. That's what of course, you, that's yeah. what of course, Colt McCoy was great. It's always the the weird guys. You want you want a backup quarterback to do that, but you know, I don't think McCoy's the guy. If the Cardinals like, if the Cardinals had uh, say Kyler was out for the year, I don't think Colt McCoy could be, be, be could be the guy. You know to lead them oh no yeah obviously not yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i don't think anybody's saying that yeah, cole mccoy but you know mike white with, with my jets but you know um like white 
I'm so I'm so upset that he went down with injury because he actually looked pretty good at the start of the Colts. How, game. how um, is he back or is he still hurt? Uh, I I don't know actually. I haven't heard. I, any, I actually I have not him. heard anything about it. I might need him. Stafford plays like he did last week. I might need to put Mike White in. So it says tomorrow Robert Sala will name the starting QB. And I also don't know if Zach Wilson will be back. So all I'm saying is the guy you guys had come in after White went down was great. Josh Johnson was actually very, very good. Yeah. He no, was it was great. not quarterback play that lost us that game. Our defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. Um, there's one pass. I think it's the one that Pittman. It should have been picked. Yeah, I, Car- I, I, I will give picked. props to Carson Wentz. So Carson Wentz was very good. It says here, Jets head coach Robert Sala said on Monday that for sure rookie. Okay, in quotes for sure, in quote rookie quarterback Zach Wilson would start against the visiting Bills on Sunday, but with the qualification of if he's fully healthy. So. Salah also said if he's fully healthy, for sure, he will start. But, again, we'll see how he is. So, it looks like if Zach Wilson's healthy, Zach Wilson is starting. But I also don't know where Mike White is. So, if Zach Wilson isn't back, then I don't know who's going to start. be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, But I'm not going to spend too much time on the Jets because we're bad. Um, (laughs) The Patriots have been interesting. I do like to. T- I do want to talk about the Patriots and um, just kind of something that happened. I I don't really know if you've really been looking into it a lot. I, 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 I know actually we we did talk about this yesterday. Um, number one, Mac Jones has actually been pretty good this year. I, I will give a lot of props to Mac Jones. The Patriots He's been the best quarter, rookie quarterback. He's been the best rookie quarterback. He has. He has for sure. Um, and you know, by no means has he been. Excellent, but he's been good. He's been he's at least been serviceable. Serviceable, yeah. But you know, he's been decent. Um, the this is going to cause some controversy, but it's not bad. So I feel it's comfortable talking bad, about bad. it. Um, Mac Jones trying to tackle Brian Burns, who didn't have the ball. Here's the thing: I just I need I need like a minute or two to just give a rundown of what I believe. Yeah, go ahead. So the, the rundown of the play, Mac Jones is strip sacked by Brian Burns. The ball goes behind him. Brian Burns was not the only one on – it sounds like a crime – on the scene. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's actually really funny. Um, so Mac Jones doesn't know – he knows that he knows the Panthers have the ball. He just doesn't know who. So he immediately turns around and sees, oh, the guy that strip sacked me, he probably has the ball. So that's that's his that's his that's what he's looking at. That's his thing. I need to tackle this guy. The only way he could have tackled him is by grabbing his ankle. And that's not something that is illegal. He did not try to twist it. Do not start with me on that. Mac Jones did not twist Brian Burns' ankle. Brian Burns had his ankle grabbed by Mac Jones, overdid it, and spun around and made it a big deal. Is Brian Burns injured? I don't think so. I don't think Brian I don't think Brian Burns well, is injured. Okay, here's the thing. And I agree with you that that in no way was Mac Jones trying to hurt Brian Burns. Oh no, he actually did get hurt, but Brian Burns did come down 
with an ankle injury in the fourth quarter. Now, can we say that was because of Matt Jones? No. But can we assume it? I know. If it's gonna hard play, to... If you're going to... If you're thinking, well, you know, well, you know, Matt Jones did this in the previous quarter, and now that's an ankle injury. You know, you look at it that way. But like you said, like, like, I, like I said, Brian Burns first thing, that's a Matt Jones can attack one on his backside. So first thing, he can't even see Brian Burns coming because he's facing the other way of an upfield, and Brian Burns tackles from behind. You know, first instinct is Matt Jones try to figure out, you know, who has the ball? I'm trying to take him down. And by the looks of it, you know, he grabs, he grabs his ankle, Brian Burns' ankle, but he pulls it, he pulls it down, like he pulled it back towards him. He's pulling it back, and that's how you ankle tackle somebody. That's a yeah. big type of tackle in football is you ankle tackle somebody and you get them to fall. That's Burns, tackling in football. Burns is the one who twists backwards. So if anyone got hurt, it's Burns' fault. Yeah. It's, it's he's so the one trying tough, to get out of the tackle, and he twists out. Matt Jones doesn't grab his ankle and turn it sideways. He's pulling his ankle back to try to stop him. Because, you know, yeah. Matt Jones is first instincts, oh, he has the ball. I got to stop him. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just... To, it. to be completely honest, Smith, I don't want to sound like a hater. It's just people trying to find something to talk about. To be honest, it yes, Brian Burns got hurt. People get hurt in the sport, man. You can't just see Mac Jones trying to tackle him after he got strip sacked and say, yep, Mac Jones did it. And I don't want to say, oh, well, you can't tell me uh, what somebody was thinking because I did just kind of give you a rundown of what I think Mac, well, Mac Jones was thinking. But it, like, if you watch the play, that looks like the only logical thing. I don't see – number one, Mac Jones is one of the most chill dudes in the league. Mac Jones is not a bad guy. Yeah. Um, why would he do that? Well, I think I – think That's the thing is you got to think, why would he do that? I think it's Panthers fans trying to find a, you know, a way to say why they lost. And in a sense, I think they're trying to say, you know, Matt Jones potentially hurt our player and, you know, that injured him and that didn't help. But, but at that point, Panthers fans, you are losing. So what is Matt Jones at that point in time? have what what why would he get you know what's he gonna do what is exactly. he gain from that what's he gain from that like the Patriots are already winning at that point look if it's the first quarter and the defensive player tries to injure a quarterback that looks different but when you're losing and you're taking out an edge rusher no no like if, if the Patriots I I don't know what the score was at that point I do I do want to see um, what the score was at the time of that injury. Uh, okay, it was okay. It was actually zero zero in the first it was, quarter. It was still zero zero. Yeah, it was zero zero. Then take but, back on the, the losing aspect that the Patriots are still losing. But I get yes, you know, Brian Burns is such a big factor on the Patriots defense. But oh yeah, he but, he, he is yeah. What does Matt Jones have to gain from doing that? Oh, I don't have to deal with Brian Burns the rest of the game. What? Why? Why? No. The Patriots have a great nobody. Nobody's player. doing that, man. No one. That that's petty of a person. That would be petty of an NFL player to potentially take out someone. 
I I do. You know, this is the last thing we'll touch on the NFL, and then we'll move on uh, to our you know to something you know to close it out. But um, the the worst thing I'm hearing, the worst take I'm hearing, like it's the absolute worst, is that the Patriots told him to do it. No, now, here's the problem I have with that. I I just, just let me get this out. Here's the problem I have with that. What situation are the Patriots giving him saying, go hurt Brian Burns? Because the only way that they could have planned that is if they knew that something like that was going to happen. Like Brian Burns strip sacks him and the ball's on the ground. The ball, you know, it's still in play. So you can still try to say you're tackling him. Saying the Patriots told him to do it is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard because that's if, a, they, if they were to tell him to do it, then that's the only situation that he could do it. So you would basically have him plan to be strip sacked. Exactly. You would, you would have to plan to and, and why would the Patriots intentionally allow a strip sack? It, yeah. There's no logic behind that take. And it's just, it's just there's not there's nothing there's nothing right about that like like okay to be honest man the only case we really saw with an NFL team intentionally trying to hurt somebody was with the Saints and Bounty Gate that's it Bill Belichick yes he has cheated and like tried to find uh, ways to exploit the other team in in an X's and O's aspect but. He has never intentionally tried to hurt a player. And look, before there's any sort of bias thing, I'm literally a Jets fan, okay? I hate the the Patriots. Here's the thing. These are grown men getting paid millions of dollars for their jobs. Why would they essentially go out and hurt someone? Because if that were the came true, true, you know, and that was to find out, you know, they could be saying goodbye to their jobs. Uh, they would be buying, you know, this sort of amount of money. Like, these are grown men making millions of, millions of dollars of money. And I get that, you know, coaches have to win, you know, to impress, keep the job. But there's no way New England in, in any year, in any, you know, couple years that I could see Belichick getting fired. So I don't no, see Belichick has yeah, no reason to go out and do this. The only he, way he's gone is if he resigns. Yeah. And that's not going to happen either. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's just a stupid thing. Like people got people got to chill with that. I don't know the severity of Brian Burns's injury. If he's, you know, he I know he's hurt. So prayers to him. Um, you know, for praying for a full recovery. But yeah, it's just nothing. Nothing in that screams Mac Jones is a dirty player. I, it, I'm sorry, it just doesn't. And it's just people trying to find a topic of conversation. Anyway, um. There's one thing I want to talk about in the NBA, and and we'll close it out with that. Um, I'm sure you know what I'm going to talk about, um, but it's the whole scuffle between Nikola Jokic and Markeith Morris. Uh, I I don't know if you saw that. I did see the video, but I have no reason what I was far about. So I, you saw Markeith Morris sideswipe him, correct? I did not. I only saw Jokic um, come okay. in. Yeah. So okay. So here's here's the thing. And I, I if you if you guys listening haven't seen it, um, Reese, you too. I I would tell you to watch the video. Um, but 
Nikola Jokic is dribbling the ball down the court. It's it's not really a, a weird. You know, it's not really a crazy situation. The heater, the Heat lost this game by a lot. Um, and Nikola Jokic is dribbling the ball down the court. You know, you know, just trying to set up, and he's trying yes. to make a pass. He's trying to make a fast break pass. As he's trying to make that pass, Markeith Morris comes up and sideswipes him. Just full on trucks him. Like just come over, just comes over and just hits him. Like really hard too. And Jokic, you know, Jokic is kind of guy. He's not going to deal with that. We've seen that in years past. Jokic comes up, gives him, gives him a shove back. Jokic is a big dude, so Jokic has a lot of force. Um, Marcus Smart did injure his neck. I, I'm not a Marcus Smart. What the world? What in the world? Marcus Morris does. Yeah, Mar- Marcus Morris does have an injured neck. Um, but people really make it out to be like Jokic was intentionally trying to break Markeith Morris's neck. Uh, yeah. He wanted to injure him. He wanted to, he, he wanted him to feel pain. He, he doesn't want him to this and that. It's just, it's so stupid, man. Like the fact that the fact of the matter is Nicole Jokic was defending himself. You see a lot of these things in the sports world. You see a lot of these things. Um, I think that's kind of common in the NBA. You mean you can players, you know, who like you know shove and the player's gonna shove back. I mean, in recent history, Cat and um one beat, Jimmy Butler and T.J. Warren. You know, when when one player does something, you know the other guy's gonna retaliate, and those guys don't have attention to go you know injure another one another. You know that's not moral. That's it's like the point. It's like the point you made with the NFL. They're grown men being paid to play a sport. Like, yeah, like why why would not, they do that? They're not good. This is a, this is a UFC or, or boxing where your attention is to beat the other player physically. You know? Yeah. These guys and, get paid many dollars to play basketball. Yeah. And basketball. The the immediate I think the immediate thing is um somebody gets injured, um you just immediately point to the guy who did it. You know? Exactly. And with Jokic, it's like a shove from Markeith Morris to Jokic isn't going to do too much. Yes, it did. It did hit him pretty hard, but Jokic is Jokic. Uh, let me let me just uh, let me just fact check Nikola Jokic on his size. Nikola Jokic is 6'11", 284 pounds. <laughs> exactly. So Markeith Morris hitting Jokic—that's not going to like. Nothing. Knock him to the ground, yeah. but that doesn't take away from the fact that it's a cheap hit, and it, and he started something. And the Morris twins have history. Uh, they have history. Like, they're 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 not they're not they're not very friendly. You know. Let me say, I think it's the idea that you know, I think people are going to blame the guy who is the guy in putting the other guy on the ground. Yeah, you know, it's it's the harder looks, push that, that, that looks more on. dirty because you know, oh, he ended up on the ground, but. That still doesn't take away from the fact that Morris started it. Morris yeah, started Morris started it. Morris it. He hit Jokic. And you know why Morris hit the ground, Reese? Why? Because, because Jokic is 6'11", 284. Exactly. Like, Jokic is one of the biggest dudes in the league. And, yes, he, a shove from him is going to look more forceful than Markeith Morris hitting a large, large, large dude. So – it's it's crazy, and, and I had a debate with somebody earlier. I'm not going to disclose names, um, but he said 
Okay, so I said um, what Morris got was warranted because he hit Jokic first. Exactly. And, you know, you you can defend yourself. It's Obviously, it's a basketball game and, you know, whatever. But he replied to me, Aiden, didn't your mama tell you growing up that two rights, that two wrongs don't make a right? And I just – I just it, it blows my mind. It blows my mind that people are saying things like that because, because look, if Reese, if you're on a basketball court, especially you, if you're on a basketball court, <laughs> we'll we'll um, we'll we'll get more into our own personal basketball games probably in the next episode. But um, Reese, if you get shoved on a basketball court, are you just gonna you know just stand there? No, I mean uh, no, I'm I'm gonna retaliate back. Exactly. You know, that's kind of. You have a right to defend yourself, and it's self defense. And and, and and should okay, should Jokic done? Should Jokic have you know shoved him? Was that the right thing? No, but he has. He had the reason to do it, and you can't fault him for it. He has reason to go back and shove Morris. Morris did it for, and you know it just looks worse. Like I said, it looks worse that what Jokic did. Morris ended up on the ground, and it broke his neck or injured his neck. But you know, if you know other way around, if say say Morris is the bigger guy, then Morris is gonna get the thing, and Morris is gonna get the bad person. It's just the idea that Morris ended up on the ground, so therefore Jokic is the bad guy, not the I, guy I, who started it. I want to do a bit of a social experiment. Um, I want to. I'm trying to find like like a good like in, Instagram post like. Read the comments on the the Morris Jokic situation, and I just want to see what the overall consensus is. Like, like what, like what everybody's saying because it's it's really wild to me. It it's I think it's you know something like just you know I think it's it's like the Matt Matt Jones thing. Matt Jones, you know, did what he thought. You know, he did nothing wrong, and you know, Brian Burns got injured. Maybe because of Matt Jones, maybe not because of Matt Jones, but it makes Matt Jones look like the bad guy. And I think that's what the same thing Nikola, Nikola Jokic's um, experience right here. Yeah, of course. Um, still, I'm, I'm really, I'm really still trying to find this because I, I really do want to, um, I do want to read into it. I'm sure Bleacher Report has it. Uh, shout out to Bleacher Report, but mm-hmm. um, yep, here you go. So, oh wait, the Jokic brothers. Tweeted at Markeith Morris. I'm gonna read this because it's 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 interesting. The Jokic brothers tweeted at him. They have no profile picture. That's funny. They said, "You should leave. You should leave this the way it is instead of publicly threatening our brother. Your brother made a dirty play first. Oh, this is at Marcus. Then, if you want to make a step further, be sure we will be waiting for you, Jokic brothers. No way. Yeah, so no good way, to- man." This is ridiculous. Um, okay, yes, this is the comment section we need. It's it's of Jokic apologizing. Not to mention not to mention Jokic like openly felt terrible about it. So let's read these. I'm just gonna read the 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 first few comments I see. Morris deserved it. I don't care. W Jokic. Nah, Jokic, we behind you. Morris had that coming though. W Jokic. Jokic did all of us a favor. Don't bring yourself down, MVP. It was Morris's fault. Nah, it was funny. Joker's the man. Um let me see. It's okay, Joker. Don't mind. 
Moore still deserved it. Like, it seems like the consensus is Jokic is in the right. But I've also well, just had people coming to me, oh, Morris, Morris could have really been hurt. Um, uh, Jokic, Jokic needs to be suspended for this. And Jokic, like, Jokic end up getting some fit one game. But I think, I think with you know, Jokic apologizing, that shows that 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 ultimately proves that Jokic wasn't intentionally doing it. Because if Jokic meant intentionally meant to hurt him, Jokic wouldn't be apologizing for it. He wouldn't. Because why would you intentionally hurt someone? Because your intent there is a hurt. So I think that ultimately proves that Jokic, yes, Jokic meant to shove him, but Jokic did not mean to injure him. And just. Crazy stuff, man. It's crazy. Crazy stuff. But, yeah, um, good talks tonight. Uh, we had some technical difficulties for some odd reason. Uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, no, nah, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I got some phone calls. But, um, yeah, good episode. Um, we'll definitely have some more talk for you guys um, later this week. Uh, probably, we're definitely going to talk about MLB free agency next episode. That's going to be a big thing um, since, you know, free agency is coming in about a month. Um, or a little under, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the NBA, I'm sure a lot of things will happen there. Um, you know, we'll we'll preview the NFL this weekend. Um, college football, a lot of things to talk about. Can talk about episode. college basketball, maybe. Oh yeah, um, especially if there are some upsets. Exactly. But uh, oh wait, real quick before we sign off, there was an upset I was looking at, and I do want to see if it happened. Um, and Reese, I think, I think you know which one I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. And, oh man, Houston ended up beating Hofstra. Uh, you lucky, the person we're not going to name, but they're lucky. 83 to 75. Big time, big time stuff. Are there any, are there any upsets from tonight? Navy beat Virginia. (laughs) Come on, Virginia. Crazy. Um, Kentucky and Duke. Duke is currently up fifty-five to forty-eight. I'm about to go watch that game. Yeah, good game there. I might have to. Yeah, I might have to turn that on. Kansas beat Michigan State. Cool. Um, I don't know if there's anything else notable on here. Akron almost beat Ohio State. That's kind of nuts. Anyway, uh, yeah, good episode. Um, again, make sure leave a rating. Uh, we love your feedback. Any feedback, uh, we love it. Yeah, we definitely want to interact with you guys. Um, we're going to do a live show sometime soon. So let us know if you guys are interested in that. You want to do call-ins. Uh, we'd love to hear your opinion. Sorry, I got a little bit heated in this episode, but, you know. Uh, and I got a little heated too. I was very opinionated. So I got, I got a little heat of Clemson. So. Yeah, you know, it happens. Um, but, you know, we're, we're human. So that, that'll happen. And if you guys yeah. are annoyed by that, I'm sorry. But, uh, uh, but before we go, I want to shout my boy Haynes Evans. Oh, yeah. Haynes. That's my dog. The man. Um, also, want to shout out the Whoppers men's basketball team. Let's go, T Dogs. Getting the big W into uh, Bob Jones. And now I want to shout out Clifton Basketball for coming, uh, come back winning against Presbyterian. Hopefully, it's a good year this year. Especially since how football really is a good basketball season. So, uh, yeah. Going to shout out South Carolina's basketball team for giving up 60 points to USC Upstate. <laughs> um, good stuff. Um, went to the game. Uh, left in the middle of the second half. But, you know, whatever. Um, it was it was whatever it was a it was a fun game. Student section was student section was crazy, but anyway, um, a lot of fun stuff to talk about next episode. We'll get back to you guys. 
Um, like I said, leave a rating. Check us out on social media. Um, I'll drop those. Um, I'll drop those um, at the end. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you guys in the next one. Yeah. Word. Word.